Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one transcendent page of Talmud every day. In today's page, page six of Tractate Shabbat, we come across a paragraph that for a person like me who grew up in, say, a somewhat arid climate, kind of made me stop in my tracks a little bit. And, and here's the passage. With regard to the places characterized as the public domain, the Gemara asks, and include the desert among the places considered a public domain? Wasn't it taught in a different Baraita? What is the public domain? A main street and a large plaza and open alleyways and the desert? Abaya said, this is not difficult, as here, where it enumerated the desert among the public domains, it refers to the time when Israel was dwelling in the desert, and it was an area frequented by the multitudes, and here, where the desert was not enumerated among the public domains, refers to this time when multitudes do not congregate there. Before we um, parse this paragraph any further, I want to welcome our guest today, dear friend of the show, Sippy Pearl Turner. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Sippy, share with our listeners, where is it that you're fortunate enough to live? So I have been living in Phoenix, Arizona for the last 17 or 18 years, and it is the desert. You are a desert dweller. I am a former desert dweller. And yet here we are reading in today's halacha, the rabbis, as they talk about whether or not it is permissible to carry items from the private to the public domain on Shabbat, asking, well, is a desert even a public domain? Is it even a real place? And saying kind of condescendingly, well, you know, it was a real place when we were unfortunate enough to have to kind of trudge through the wilderness for 40 years. But now, thank God, we have civilization and we don't have to live in the desert anymore. And so the desert isn't even a public domain. It's just a non-space, a non-entity. How does such fighting words make you feel? Well, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking on a March morning when the weather here is so amazingly beautiful and perfect and any day in the winter, I would say it's a very habitable place, but then call me in July and um, ask me how my day was getting in and out of my car and 110-degree weather, and um, it kind of feels like the rabbis might be right on that one. Sometimes you just drive through, it's summer, you're like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> when you have to, like... Do your shopping and park and your car is like 165 degrees. Yeah, it kind of feels like I'm not sure what we were thinking when we uh, came to the desert. Now, I'm, I'm very curious because you guys actually live in it. In Israel, there is you know quite a lot of desert, but it's sort of more removed from cities where the majority of the population live. When you travel uh, back and forth in and out of town, and you see this landscape, do you think that there may be something to what the rabbis are saying here, that it's kind of a non-space? In other words, it's just this like vast, beige-ish bulk of, of, of sand that, you know, kind of a little bit uh, beige-ish, reddish, I should say, bulk of sand that, that sometimes kind of threatens to swallow you whole. D do you still even look at the desert, or is this just landscape for you that you just speed past? Um, no, you definitely notice it, uh, and, and the truth is, like, I've, I've gotten used to and I've begun to appreciate the beauty of the desert, too, and you start to look at, like, the cactus, they actually bloom and they have little flowers on them, and there's just, um, it's, it's kind of a subtle beauty, um, but, but you do start to notice it, 
And um, I remember once we were traveling in Oregon and we were driving through these the forest and the trees, and I was I was starting to feel claustrophobic and and closed in because there was no open space, and I just felt like <laughs> all these towering trees over me. Yeah, it was weird. And then you know you come back to the desert, and like you said, it's kind of this vast open landscape, and there's something very like freeing about that, which makes it I assume feel even more public as very public domain. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so, because it is, it is a pretty open space. What are some of the things that new members to your community need help adjusting to, other than, of course, you know, the, the crazy temperatures in the summer? What are some things about life in a desert that you don't really get until you've done this for a year or two? So my husband and I go walking in the mornings, and you can, you can smell the jasmine in the air. And there's something, we call it the perfume of the desert. There's just like these these scents that come up this time of year. So that's definitely something to appreciate. And so to our to our city slicker rabbis, we say, guys, uh, you should get out more often. There is life, beauty, and majesty in, in the great desert. Absolutely. The beauty of Phoenix is that you can see across the landscape and then you see the mountains and we're right in the middle of the city and you can drive, you know, 10, 15 minutes and go for a nice hike in the mountains. You don't have to like go out of the city to do any of that. So there's, there's definitely an appreciation of nature out here. Sippy Pearl Turner, may life and the very public and very beautiful domain of the desert be nothing but great and kind to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, our producers, Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.